This is episode 12 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is Chris David Garcia, the creator of the Major Level Creative Sports Conference and the creative director of the Houston Astros. Let's get it started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people from all across the globe, from all walks of life, in hopes that it can motivate and inspire you all to start on your own path and your own journey and be fulfilled in your life, whatever that may be. So you're going to get a lot of practical advice from these individuals, as well as some philosophical, you know, to help you maybe with your mindset and be more positive, whatever that may be. But I hope you take a couple nuggets out of each little episode so that you can maybe move along a little bit quicker, whether you haven't started at all, or you are further along in your own process and just need a little bit extra motivation to kind of kick you in the pants. So Without further ado, let's jump into this new episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hey gang, I want to introduce my guest for today, Chris David Garcia. He is the creator of the Major Level Creative Sports Conference, um, specifically for sports creatives, um, designers and the like in the professional sports realm, as well as university athletics teams. And uh, this is year five of the conference that'll be at the end of June, held up at uh, Soldier Field up in Chicago. And he's also the creative director of the Houston Astros and has been there for the last 10 years. Um, Chris can be found online at Chris David GFX. That's at Chris David GFX on Twitter and Instagram. Um, connect with him on LinkedIn as well as the uh, major level creative um, called MLC Connect website, mlcconnect.com. And he's tremendous. Um, I'd certainly recommend to connect with him, pick his brain on things. He's very, very welcoming to kind of the idea sharing and networking. And he's certainly a disruptor, as I'd like to say, you know, one of those folks that sees the world a little differently and wants to make an impact on the world and wants to make it better. Um, and he certainly does that in all the interactions I've had with him and, and that I've seen him, him have with other individuals, both uh, online and in person. So a tremendous individual, a lot of great character. And I know you guys are going to really enjoy the uh, chat I have with him today on not only all things design, but just having that idea in your head of wanting to do something more and then going out and actually executing on it. So he talks a lot about that and you know how he started the major level creative conference and you know, how it takes a village kind of to actually make that stuff work. Um, so we talk about a variety of things throughout. I know you guys are going to enjoy the uh, interview today. Sit back, relax, um, take some good notes, and hopefully you have a couple um, key takeaways um, at the end of this all. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode today with Chris Garcia. Let's get it started. Hey, Chris, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for joining. Uh, this is fun, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, man. Nice to chat with you. I know uh, we won't go, we won't dive into our history and some of the, you know, the serendipitous way that we went a couple of years ago. Maybe we'll get into that later on, but I want to jump right in because I know time is precious um, on your side. So one, I guess I'll ask you, we haven't talked in a little while. How's it feel being a, uh, a world champion um, with, the, with the Astros? 
man, uh, it is, it, it's pretty awesome. I, I, I'm usually a humble person, but lately that has gone all, all out the window and, uh, I'm just enjoying every minute of it. Uh, it's going to sound really, really bad, but it almost feels as good as if like I was on the field and I earned it. I mean, we've put in a lot of time and hours into our brand and, and getting us to where we're trying to get, you know, growing the team, rebuilding it. So when we won, um, it definitely, it definitely was emotional. Um, and someone like me, especially who've been with the, uh, who's been with the Astros for 10 seasons, it was uh, extremely emotional. So I've definitely, I've definitely had, had a really good time. Just to give you an example, uh, I had a ring party at my house. Like I had all my family come over to look at our ring. And, uh, and just because like, it, it was more than me, it was, you know, the family that my family puts up with this rigorous schedule and they don't see me much. And, so I wanted to at least share with them and let everyone try it on. I don't even think I had the ring on at all. So it was, it's been really fun. Thanks for asking man. No, that's awesome. What is it like design? Just, I'm going to go tangent on a variety of questions, but I'm just curious. What's it like designing the world champion ring for the, the major leagues? Oh man, it's a lot of pressure. Um, I, I certainly can't take full credit for it. Uh, I definitely was involved. It was a team. Uh, and I think all credit goes to probably the master jeweler, um, who just phenomenally did a phenomenal job on the design, but uh, I definitely got to art direct it and kind of give the inspiration on what we wanted to have represented. Um, and it was just, the stakes were high. I mean, it was a super secretive project. The players did not have a glimpse of it at all. It was more the general manager, um, our president, our SVP of marketing. So it was, it was a team for sure. Um, but I, I definitely was able to, give them a huge head start and essentially say, Hey, these are the symbolisms that we're looking for. These are the things that mean a lot to the, to the team. So I kind of initiated that, but it was a group kind of, uh, collaborative, uh, all inclusive feedback. So everyone got to say, Hey, you know what? Don't forget, you know, we had 112 wins. Hey, don't forget, you know, this is the first team that has done it, uh, with both national and American league. So everyone kind of chimed in. We, we were able to put that together send it over. And then, um, the design team just, uh, the, like I said, the master jeweler just, just did a phenomenal job of coming back. We didn't have to change very much, man. It was, uh, but it, it was a lot of pressure and it was funny because the players were dying to see it. Um, and, and I would too, if I was, you know, Hey, I, I really want to see, you know, what this stands for, what it looks like. Uh, but when, when we were able to give it to them on the field, you could really see all the emotion that, that came with it. They were really, really happy with it. So, no, it was it was fun. It was real fun. No, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you got to experience that. That's such a cool thing. So uh, that, that's really neat. So let's take a step back now, because you know one of the things I wanted to. I, so most people know this. I probably, I think I've harped on this a couple times in the uh, in the podcast, or at least friends or family around. Is I'm not a well. I'm I like to say I'm a creative person. I'm not a from a technical like design like drawing. I'm horrific. I can't even draw a stick figure. My brother got all those genes, um, <laughs> but I, I'm curious your thought because, and, and this will kind of map to a couple of things. I, I promise I'll lead it to somewhere. Um, but it was always interesting to me, like when did you start? Like when did design, in terms of what you're doing, whether it's graphic design, etc., come into your world? Was it was it when you were a child? Did you pick that up later in life? Like, like I always remember when I was a kid. I, I think I must have been seven or eight years old. I'll never forget it. We, my brother and I were big uh, Disney fans, and he literally drew the Simba. You know, remember Simba from The Lion King? 
and yeah. an exact an exact sketch on a piece of paper to the right of it, a blank piece of paper, it looked exactly like the actual photo on the left. And he did it all by hand. And I was like blown. My mind was just blown. And I got all seven or eight at the time. <laughs> so did was that the same with you? Or did you always like to draw growing up? Or was it something that kind of happened later in life? Remind the audience on that. Yeah, no, um, I, I'll try to make this story quick. So there's there's a couple of sayings that I like that I always talk about with the team. But one is, uh, is talent always finds a home. And, and I'll come back to that. Uh, but that is absolutely true. But I think but I think what's really um, I, I, what is equally as as true is that passion always finds a home. And so um, one thing I would encourage you know listeners to do is is if you're not necessarily working in what you call or what some people call your calling, um, you need to find a way to do that. You need to find a way for that to collide with your passion to collide with your everyday. And I get it. Like I get some people have really good at paying jobs that you just can't, you know, change their way of life or they can't step away from. But you, you can't you do have a lot of downtime. You do have a lot of personal time. And, and with that time, it's, it's, it's precious. Um, so I it, you definitely need to at some point make a choice if, if you really want to inject your life with that passion. And honestly, I, I truly believe it, it does stem from very young age, kind of like you talked about, Brian, from that seven or eight um, age where it's a combination of talents that are God-given gifts and then also um, a combination of what you're exposed to. In my experience, that's, that's my research. As, and I've done a lot into it because uh, just, you know, it, it's hard to figure out exactly what, what you should put your time towards. So for me, it was, it was like that. And believe it or not, uh, that, that example you gave with Simba, uh, the exact same thing was going on with me, but uh, it was with logos, which was really weird. So I could draw like the Houston Oilers, the Houston Rockets, the Houston Astros logos by by memory to the point where I could just draw them randomly on a binder and people would say, hey, can you draw it on my binder? And I'm like, sure. It was probably, I mean, so even then, back then, I because uh, to be honest, I didn't always know about sports design. Uh, even then I was showing, you know, like passion into drawing and creativity, but also sports. And to be honest, Sports is the one thing that kept me out of trouble uh, just for where I'm from as far as the part of Houston and, and the friends that I had. Uh, sports actually did that for me. It kept me, you know, away from the places I should have, uh, you know, most kids were hanging out at on a Friday or Saturday night. So I was up playing basketball at my house to two in the morning with friends from down the street. So it, I guess what I'm saying is you really have to figure out what the roots of your passions are. And ultimately I believe they, they surface around that age of seven and 10. Um, and, and I've heard talks on it. There's one guy that I recently heard at, at circles conference that was really, really hit at home with it. And he essentially was like, look at your old sketches and you may not be an artist. You know, you, you may not be a creative person, but you may be an architect um, or you may be really into uh, wildlife, but that is at that age is probably when you, when it surfaced. So look at those sketches, look at your, you know, go into your, go, you know, call your mom and say, Hey, you know, let me see my old sketchbook or do you have it? Or, um, and ultimately those, those passions are going to surface at that level when they're at the highest, the highest peak, uh, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, I think that's, you're right in that regard, just being able to figure out again, whether it's design or something else, right. Being able to figure out, where your passion is and, and trying to at least, and some people didn't discover at a, you know, at an early age, they just didn't have that. And now they're discovering it later in life, which is, which is awesome with the design though, for you, 
when did it become was there a was there a moment that you can think about or maybe a moment in time or was it kind of just organic it happened where you can took it from hey I just like sketching and drawing on binders to wait a minute I could do this for a career like when did that come into your head was that in high school at some point was it after yeah it was um it was after high school um actually no I'm sorry it was during it was during and, and a little bit after um but it kind of goes back to what I mentioned about exposure. Um, you know, exposure is to me is essentially like, you know, being exposed to things that are outside of your environment. But also I think there's, there's influencers that happen in our lives. Like whether it's someone that introduces you to like a healthy living or, or, or a new technique um, or a new trade. Uh, for me, I was already sketching and kind of doing design for like little business cards, little t-shirt logos for church and for just random friends. And uh, a mentor of mine uh, just kind of found me and was like, hey, man, like, how did you do that? You know, I'm like, well, I just use Microsoft Paint. You know, that's, that's all I had. I had a, my mom's work computer. And, uh, and he just uh, he just said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, Photoshop? Does that even mean anything to you? Uh, his name's Hector Garcia, by the way. And uh, and I was just like, nah, man, like, I have no clue what Photoshop is. So that was, you know, that was a real big moment of enlightenment. But at the same time. Uh, because it was a professional software, you know, it was like made for people who were doing what I do. Uh, but the challenge was it cost like 600 or to $1,200. So that was another obstacle that I had to kind of overcome. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of for me, how, how it kind of came to be as far as knowing that it could be a, a, a talent that was paid for compensated. And then later on down in life, probably another five years later, Kind of how I mentioned, uh, I discovered that you could actually do inter you could uh, cross pass and do design for sports teams. That was just like, you know, uh, I had no clue. I really had no clue, and I, that was just a lot of luck, to be honest. But um, so that that kind of for me, it did. A lot of people say, "Hey, is, you know, is is, is this your dream job?" Uh, and it is to a certain extent. I mean, it, it is, but it wasn't like I dreamt about it. You know, like. What I do now is I'm really I'm really happy with it. I'm really passionate about it. Um, but it's more about the it's more to be honest about solving problems and doing it through a passion that I already have. Because um, I think ultimately design does that. I found now later on in my career that what I was doing back then was really solving problems. It was uh, filling in the gap, making connections uh, between an idea and what we we're trying to actually do. And so, honestly, that's what I spend most of my time in, in now is, is trying to bring ideas to life. But hmm. for me, that's that was kind of how I discovered it. Uh, hopefully that I know it's not the perfect uh, story, but uh, that's the one I got. No, no, <laughs> no. There are everyone's stories unique. And that was uh, really neat. I, re I remember those first. Uh, I remember seeing Photoshop early. On, I think it was in the late 90s or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was pretty expensive. So, uh, you know, I think my brother used it at our high school, I guess, had it. Maybe it was the first time I, I ever saw it or, or heard about it. So um, that dates me a little bit. But anyways, the um, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely does. <laughs> so here, <laughs> here's, a, here, here's a so it's interesting you mentioned going into the kind of sports design world, because that ultimately brings you to some of the stuff I want to talk about that you're kind of doing now is I've been fortunate to be around the design world for the last several years. And it's just such a tight knit community. I, I kind of love what, what you guys are doing and just in design in general and how it helps out. Like you said, it's kind of Thanks. problem solving. So 
help me through, you know, one of the big things that I want to talk about is, so you're, you're working for the Astros, you guys are doing phenomenal, team's doing great, and, and you like what you're doing. You said you've been there about 10 years. At some point, about in the last five to six years, some idea picked up in your head about, hey, there should be a conference for this. And, and instead of just letting that fluster, you actually started that idea. Can you explain, the, and we'll get into MLC Connect and, and what that's about, but can you explain the early days of that ideation in your mind of whether it's sketching out of like, what could this actually be? And then ultimately turning it into, you know, whatever the first year of MLC, which was five years ago. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, thanks for asking. Um, it's funny because... Um, the idea on, on how to bring people together, actually, the inception of it was years prior. It was probably two years prior. And Gareth Brennan from uh, the White Sox, who's the creative director there and head of advertising, can tell you, he, I, I went to go visit him. Uh, I was able to combo a trip uh, with a design conference and a, and a site visit. And I went to go see him on my personal time. And I was just like, hey, man, I have this idea. You know, I'm looking to recruit about three guys. You're one of them. Uh, but you know, this is what I'd like to do and really just, uh, kind of speaking vision and, and he, and he immediately bought on, which was, which was awesome. He's a good friend, but, um, speaking vision is never easy. Like, uh, I had to learn how to do that. It's very risky. It's very, uh, intimidating, but you have to essentially verbalize and the vision that you have to someone, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily the general public, but you know, like social media, but it could be someone you trust. And, um, and most people will ask you the right questions that will lead you where you need to go. So essentially, I, I kind of spoke the vision out. And then I ended up going home after asking, you know, talking to a few other folks and, and putting the whole thing together. Uh, I created the website, um, I want to say, like an HTML. Uh, and it sat there for about a year or two. I even bought the domain name after a while. I was just like, okay, I need to you know, slowly and slowly push myself towards this. And then finally, someone, and I forget where I heard this term, but Again, I'm big on like sayings and, and kind of uh, motivational quotes, but, you know, opportunity does have a shelf life. And when I learned that, I learned that if I don't do something soon, either my opportunity was go out the wind, gonna, gonna, was going to pass or someone was going to actually just take it. And I, what, and I don't mean in the sense of like the guy, you know, Gareth, who I talked about was going to take it. It's just all good ideas end up coming to, to pass at some point. So I knew that it was going to happen in one way or another because there was just a, a big need for these uh, sports creatives to, to get together and talk industry and, and learn from each other. Cause we were at that point working all independently, you know, not necessarily literally having each other's phone numbers or emails. So, so for me, I think one of the biggest things is talk, you know, uh, prof uh, confess it, you know, like profess it, however you want to phrase it, uh, you know, and your vision to someone you trust. Um, and then slowly you'll see that, you'll get comfortable with that vision and speaking to it and kind of uh, being able to defend it. And then eventually you'll be able to share that vision with a larger group, whether it's, you know, a group of two or three, or maybe your peers. And then ultimately what that kind of does is it puts a little bit of uh, accountability on you. You know, no one wants to be full of, you know, crap or, or just, you know, a dreamer, you know, a dreamer is great. And, you know, you'll hear that a lot, you know, Hey, you know, never, you never stop dreaming. But at some point you don't want to just, be in the clouds, you know, you want to live on earth, you know, so you definitely want to make sure that you make, you put plans together um, to make those dreams come to life. And, and those are not easy. And that absolutely takes time. And, and it'll definitely take a toll somewhere on your life. Uh, a brother of mine shared this quote, uh, which actually he, he heard from a conference. Uh, 
which is uh, when when you say yes to something, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but when you say less, uh, when you say yes to something, it means you you have less for something else. Uh, so make sure your yes is worth the less, which is ultimately the quote. But uh, when he shared that with me, it really hit home because I was realizing that in order to make that that vision come to life, I was, you know, straining a marriage, straining, you know, some relationships with friends. You know, they're like, dude, you're always busy. I'm like, no, I'm not always busy, but I'm always in the kitchen cooking, you know. Uh, and I don't literally mean in the house kitchen. I mean, like in the studio or in the in the in the office, you know, putting together this vision, building a website, logging in the, you know, logging, you know, securing the domain name. Uh, building a logo for it, building a business plan. So, so that's the only thing I'd say is I'd encourage you to really value your time, but um, you know, you do have to have to put some, some serious personal time into it. But I think step one would be kind of sharing your vision, you know, on a small format, then low, slowly getting comfortable with it and then putting a roadmap together and making sure everything that you're doing is in line with getting you there. As Ricardo Crespo says, uh, one of the guys that uh, Brian and I know, you know, making sure it's aligned with your North Star. So hopefully yeah. that gives yeah. you a no. little bit of, of info. Love Ricardo. Oh, man, what an awesome guy. He's, he's cool. Um, been fortunate, obviously. I, you guys had him at the conference a couple of years, I know. Um, and I've been fortunate, obviously, to be at the conference for a few years for those that are listening and that don't know. But being able to actually um, see what that idea and where it's come in five years has been, just been unbelievable. So I want to chat about that for a minute. B before I do, though, I, 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 what you said, you were talking about a couple of quotes that reminded me of another quote. And I think I first heard this from, uh, from Jason Freed, you know, that started Basecamp um, in, in his book, Rework, around scratching your own itch. You know, it's kind of a term in business, right, of, you know, solving problems or, or starting a business, you know, from, from an, something that give you pain. What was the specific problem or void that you saw for to start the major level creative conference for for sports creatives? Was there a specific thing that happened to you that you're like, why is this not? Why is no one doing this yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great question. I I will I will answer to my grave. So no offense to anyone that's been in my career path because I've had some great leaders. Uh, still still currently have some, um, but one of the things that I absolutely the, the biggest pain point for me that it took, it took about three years into my career to probably hit it was the lack of development, the lack of like career investment, you know, or the lack of growth. And it wasn't necessarily like that, you know, my superiors or anything like that didn't care about me. It was just that I was unfortunately in a, uh, a business model that didn't have, uh, like I didn't have someone, you know, in, in my seat before me. I didn't, I didn't have a creative team that, you know, I was, I came in and was able to fill in their shoes and, and, you know, just kind of continue the growth track. So I started to realize that that was a personal problem. Like if I wanted to stay in this company, uh, I really need to, to figure that out. Um, and so I started to reach out to a few, you know, creatives here and there. And it, it just was the most difficult thing. Just literally getting their email was like difficult. So finally, I just said, uh, I'm sorry. But once I started doing that, I realized that every conversation, every connection that I did make with those folks uh, led me somewhere. It led me to like a, a different proposal at work. It led me to add headcount. It led me to, you know, be able to acquire a new tool for the creative team. Uh, it led me to being able to gain more, you know, uh, make a case for more equipment and ultimately ultimately get more capital ex expenditures to, to spend. So finally, I, it, it dawned on me that, the the stronger I make my my circle, uh, and you know the the, it, 
the stronger that core is, the, the, the more I'm going to be able to define my own growth and, and development. And that wasn't easy because I was asking things uh, with this company that they've never heard of or that they've never allowed. So, um, so that was the biggest one. Um, and so ultimately I ended up kind of, like I talked about just, just a second ago, putting that together, that plan of, you know what, why don't I just, instead of doing it on my own, make it a platform that where we can all learn from it. Because I was realizing that every single time that I connected with these folks, not only was I benefiting from it, but they were. They were coming back and just like, dude, that visit was clutch because now my boss knows that we're not the only ones struggling with, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that was that was the biggest kind of pain point that was that that I wanted to solve for me personally. But I will say, based on things that I've experienced, if you're trying to figure out, you know, how to be a disruptor, you should look at your pain points because those are the biggest ones that you're gonna probably uh, be able to contribute the most. Like uh, I would say, like authentically. As opposed to you know jumping on a vision that that maybe is, there's money behind it, uh, but not necessarily something that is disrupting your life that you know you 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 need you want to find a fix for. So for me, that's that's uh that was that was a massive pain point for me. It was it was development, growth, uh, investment in, into what I was doing. What's been the if you had to give kind of a high level? Um, I know we have a short on time, but maybe one, what's been the biggest impact, you know, again, coming in, it's year five, I think of the MLC connect conference, right. Coming up at the end of June. Yeah. So it's going to be our fifth anniversary, fifth anniversary this year. What's been the biggest like impact or thing you're most proud of what's, and what's been the biggest challenge in those five years that whether it's for conferences or otherwise, that maybe other folks, whether they're starting a business or again, a new idea, they're trying to get off the ground. You know, you can kind of help them skate away from, from something that might be a challenge for them as well. Yeah. Um, so the first question, I guess, what makes it very, what's something I'm really proud of is for me is that it's very special. Um, it, it is uh, kind of exclusive. So you do have to, in some form or fashion, either be invited or work full time for a pro sports team. Uh, but it allows us really to control the quality of who we let in the room. And it not, again, no disrespect to anyone who's, you know, an amazing designer uh, uh, doing amazing things. It's just, it's kind of guarding that that uh, that career growth and that industry that we that I talked about. That hey, listen, we're talking about the best. You know, uh, we're talking about best practices. Uh, we're talking about industry things that we're struggling with, industry pain points. So it is it is kind of like a safe room. So we we do our best to to keep that um, that culture and environment. And it ends up being really cool because it does feel very special when you're there. You're like, man, I made it. Not necessarily like I made the cut, but it's like anyone in my industry knows just to get away any creative team, creative team for that matter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every, every role is, is, uh, is valuable, but creative specifically, um, a lot of pretty much every major project in the company is going to somehow cross your desk because it needs to be communicated in some form or fashion, especially if you're in entertainment. So for, for us, it was, it's very hard to get away. So when I say, you know, man, I made it, it's, it really is like, man, I'm able to get away and invest in myself. So just the uniqueness of it is something I'm really proud of because we've been able to kind of keep that core and still keep that very casual environment, which is very important. I just, one of the things that in my field specifically is hard to do is, you know, is going to a room with a jacket and kind of throw business cards around. Um, it, it's the environment we try to instill is, is very casual, very kind of Apple friendly where it's, hey, you know, come as you are, as long as what is in your brain is, is next level. That's what we want. 
Um, and then as far as uh, your second question, I think was. Yeah, challenge, uh, what a is challenge you've had or something you've learned that could yeah. help others like going through the Maybe it's just the organ, you know, the organizing it side or maybe, you know, all the different yeah. things that have to happen. Yeah, I will tell you, uh, organizing an event uh, is not easy, um, especially if you're you're trying to be good at it to where you're thinking about every facet of, of the event to where it's going to leave people, you know, coming back and wanting more. Uh, I mean, we look at everything from like people greeting to um, to the smallest details on music, you know, like, hey, this is a specific playlist, you know, going back to that culture vibe that we're trying to set everything for us for me has a reason. Um, so it's, it's tough because that ultimately not only takes a lot of time, uh, but it takes a lot of brainwaves. Like, you know, you're driving and instead of thinking about your son's birthday in a few days, you're thinking, man, who's going to put this playlist together for me. <laughs> so for me, it, it's, uh, but to answer your question though, um, the biggest challenge for me is, uh, aside from the event planning, cause th that is uh, kudos to anyone who organizes event. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, but it's for me, it's the, it's getting someone to have that moment of enlightenment, that crossover between I can't, I'm too busy or man, I wish I could, but there's no budget or I wish I could, but I'm the only one here, you know, that does what I do or I, I wish I could, but it just doesn't fall in the right time or like there's so many excuses. And ultimately what, what, I, what I found is that is showing is getting that person to realize that what they're doing is extremely valuable to the company. Um, it's, it's absolutely a core department that is dependent on almost by every other department in the org, speaking about a creative team. Um, so you do have a lot of leverage, you know, you do have a lot of um, uh, value that you need to communicate. And so sometimes I'll just, you know, every once in a while we'll do, I'll do like a, a mass email. It's very rare, but every once in a while, but ultimately I'll end up doing one-on-ones and I'll just, I'll just send a note to that person that I could see is struggling. And I'm like, Hey man, I looked, you know, I visited you before, or I've seen your structure. Like you're, you're the only one doing what you're doing. Like if you don't do it now, like you're never going to do it. And let me tell you, I did it. Like it's, you know, you have to kind of take a stand. So for me, it's having that moment of alignment to, to realize that as a creative, uh, as a creative person or a creative team, you have tremendous value and you have to, you have to be able to defend that and justify it and make a business case for it. So, uh, and that for me is a big challenge because creatives, uh, if anyone's out there listening or designers or video editors, they spend a lot of time at their desk looking, you know, staying under the radar. A lot of them are introverts. Like, you know, you don't necessarily, uh, have that, like, you know, boardroom, uh, experience to come in and say, Hey, listen, this is the conference I want to go to. This is, you know, what budget it's going to hit. This is, you know, here the here's the agenda. You know, here here are my colleagues who are going to be there. Here's what I'm gonna learn. Like, so I, I honestly spend. And if anyone's listened to that, they probably got a one-on-one -on -one email from me saying, "Hey, man, I've been there. Look, this is how I did it. This is gonna be your biggest, you know, uh, battle. Fight that, and and you're in." So for me, that's the biggest one, just because uh, ultimately these teams don't get out much. No, that's great uh, insight, Chris. And and yeah, hopefully. For those out there listening, again, being an attendee and been there for a couple of years, it's it's one of the most intimate conferences I've ever been to. Absolutely blown away by the. In fact, I'm actually I just looked the pen I'm writing with actually is the the Connect pen from last year. Ironically, ah, so, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, anyways, I absolutely love what you guys are doing there, and I'm glad you started it. And again, it's one of those things, you know, just like the podcast here, kind of called "Just Get Started," as being able to 
what takes you over that edge to be able to motivate and inspire to, to ultimately doing now five years in? And you can look back where this may have never happened if you didn't have that passion behind it and, and wanted to help other people out. So kudos to you. And, and I know the team there. I know, I know, you know, Rossi and, and Mike and, and obviously Gareth and some of the other guys have helped along the way. So um, just having that whole core group there that you guys have really done well and um, hopefully a, a great success here in, uh, in 2018. Um, any parting words, sure, any, anything that you would add as a last piece of advice that you can think of? Maybe it's something, a, a podcast or book to read, anything for the audience that, you know, maybe it's a final quote of like, hey, take this to, to go about your way that you think would be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first off, I'll, I'll just say I didn't get a chance to, but man, uh, definitely mad props to what you're doing, Brian. I mean, this is uh, once we started talking about the podcast and you, sh I mean, shit, you shared your vision a couple years ago, if not one year ago, right? I mean, it was like, I was like, yep. dude, do it. I, I, I will gladly support you in however I can, uh, not only through through anything I have, but like any context I have. Uh, and I, I hate dropping names. I probably did it a few times here. I know I did, but but for me, con the connections are huge, you know, uh, and I found out that ultimately, I think that's one of my callings is just being a bridge, you know, being a bridge to people. So definitely what you're doing is very cool, man. Um, and I think there's a need for it. There's a need for people to figure out, you know, what's the first step. Um, but what I'd say is, I guess, one of the things that, that, I, that I'd like to leave with is um, that step is, is not easy like that. Um, a lot and a lot of people just really don't need it. Um, like. I, I never would call myself a disruptor, but if you want to, if you really want to make a difference in your company and raise the eyebrows and, and, and be noticed, you have to do something way beyond the call of your job description. And if you don't know what that is, you need to ask for it. You need to absolutely ask for a job description if you don't know yours or have one and if, uh, or write your own shit. I, I've done that myself. Like, Hey, here's my new one. Or here's the one I currently do. Here's what I currently do. And was this like, what, what I want to be doing. Um, so, so I would say, if you want to really make an impact in your company, you would have to be passionate about it and love it. Sometimes, like I said, people are just there because it's a really good check or they they have tenure there. It's easy, not in the sense of like easy job, but you know, it just you know, why change it if it's good? But if you are looking to be disrupted, I'm sorry. If you are looking for that next level of uh, career, next level of uh, kind of life changing. Uh, passion, you have to disrupt in some form or fashion. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have an awesome social media account. You know, it just means you need to find out what your company really is lacking or what, uh, what you really want to be doing and then act on it. So, uh, and, and I mean, by all means, everyone's welcome to the car text or email me, uh, or hit me up online, um, at Chris David G, uh, FX or even, um, Chris David G.com. Sorry, that's a, no, that's great. There, but, no, no, that's great advice. But, Actually, well, I, you gotta, you, you, you stole my thunder there. I was gonna ask, you know, where can people find you <laughs> online? So that's, so say that one more time, um, so everyone knows. I think you're on Twitter, Instagram. I'll also give uh, the the site for MLC Connect if they want to check about that or um, just to kind of take a look yeah. at it, even if they're not in the creative world. No, I definitely encourage you to look at uh, the Connect website. It's um, mlcconnect.com. MLC stands for Major Level Creative, uh, so mlc.com. Just to kind of see the vision that I kind of talked about, um, not totally not trying to gain traffic, just so you can see, hey, you know what? It's pretty simple. It's it's not very complicated. Uh, and then as far as how to find me, um, at Chris David G uh, FX. Um, is pretty much on every social media platform. Uh, I was lucky enough to find something that no one's using. So uh, Chris David G 
uh, FX is kind of how you'll find me and definitely hit me up. I mean, one of the things that I, again, I try to do is, is just be a connection, be a bridge. So if, if I don't have the answer, which I probably don't, I'll certainly try to connect you with, uh, you know, my circle of people that I, that I feel kind of influenced me. And that's, that's another thing I'd say, man. Um, you know, some of the mentors or that I mentioned, they didn't actually know me before they were my mentors. Some of them still don't know me. So it's something that I, I like to really do is find a, uh, either a podcast or a person or follow someone that is really motivating or encouraging about doing the things that you're on the brink of, uh, and just, and be relentless with it. And I think, like I said, Brian, uh, very mad props to what you're doing, man. It's, that is, that is essentially what you are. You're pushing people to, to jump over the cliff. That, Not in a bad way, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that, Chris. And, and for everyone listening, I'll put all that in the, uh, in the show notes so you can guys access that. And, I appreciate everyone listening through on this episode with, uh, with Chris uh, Garcia from the uh, Houston Astros and of Major Level Creative uh, Conference. And hope you guys enjoyed it. Chris, thank you so much for your time and um, look forward to catching up with you real soon. Yeah, same here, man. God bless everyone. I appreciate it. This, this has been fun. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Chris.